This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hey, hey, everybody. So uh, welcome to this series. And today, tonight, we are starting with part one of the series called It's Complicated, but it does not have to be. I love the sub-slogan on that because it tells us that there are things that are complicated in our lives, but it doesn't have to be. So we're going to be looking at relationships at home, in the family, with children, and with spouses. And once again, I want to, I want to let you know that it is complicated at times, especially during this lockdown, but it does not have to be. Amen? So we've got to look at what God's Word is saying about relationships. So it's only complicated when we step outside of His prescription. I want to say that again. It's only complicated if we step outside of His prescription. Now, we're going to talk about sexuality and moral standards. And yes, it's going to get a little bit PG-13. So listen, folks, it's PG-13. It's going to get a little bit edgy. So just stay with me there. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. I want to assure you guys that it's going to be okay. Are you ready? All right. So let me start off with my premise. Um, and I just want to make this statement by C.S. Lewis. And he says that human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Isn't that so true? That we try and find our happiness in other things other than God. And uh, most of the time, people fail when they do that. So let's start with our foundation scripture tonight as we teach on this subject of it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. In Romans 1, from verse 21 to 25, the Bible says, They knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Now, family, first of all, in this portion of Scripture here, is that when we, when we worship God, we're talking about His worthiness. So our worshipness of God, but they made up their own God. They didn't worship God, but they started to make up their own God. Now, if God cannot tell you what to do, listen, this is a very important statement. You see, the minute you start making up your own God, and if God cannot tell you what to do, then you have become your own God. Just think about that. So if you, if you, if you telling yourself what to do, and this is what God would tell me, many people say that, and they say, uh, Pastor Johnny, yes, if, if God was here today, he would say that it's okay for me to live like this. He would say it's okay for me to think this way. It's okay for me to make these kind of decisions. And you see, the scripture goes on to say, and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. You see, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Now, we can see here very, very clearly in the Word of God, it's going into the wrong place. It's going into the wrong direction, saying what they are saying. They, they're trying to justify their actions. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Isn't that something that we are seeing right now happening in our world? Amen, family. And they traded the truth about God 
for a lie. So let's confess this together. Say this with me. They traded truth for a lie. And that is what's happening with many people today, that they are trading the truth for a lie. And then they, they, they're creating their own God because my God will do it this way. My God will allow me to do this. My God will allow me to become this person, this thing, this whatever. And that's creating your own God. So I want in this series, family, I want to show you the truth and dispel some lies. And in the end, you will get to make your own choice about what you think is right. You see, the devil has no power over you other than to suggest something to make you think that is, or, or put something in your mind that is not true. That's all that he can do. He can put it in your mind. He will put it in your life. He will put it in your relationships. He will put it in your family. And you will see then the devastation and the destruction. And I don't need to convince you of what will happen when that happens. When the devil is in charge of your life and your family, you will experience life and you will see what will happen. So in order for relationships to work, let's rather let the one who designed them define them. So the creator knows best about us, his creation. Isn't that true? So today in these times, we're going to be talking about sexuality. Yes, I know, like I said before, all right, um, and I know many of you are getting nervous right now. Oh, Pastor Johnny, I've got the small kids here. Well, maybe like I said in the beginning, this is a PG-13 show, so maybe you need to move them out. And some of you are getting very, very nervous now, and you're not sure of how to react. We're going to talk about sexuality. Pastor Johnny's going to point out my sin to me, and 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 uh, I, and maybe I should just laugh in a nervous way or whatever. And that's fine. I, I, listen, let me say this. I want you to relax, and I want you to enjoy this series because it's going to be beneficial to you. Amen, family? So most people think when we talk about the three-letter word sex, that it is bad and you don't talk about it, you don't do it, and you save it for the one you love. <laughs> Amen. Now I can see once again, just sitting there at the home, in your home, some of you are getting very nervous because you're thinking, where is this going? This is not going in the right direction. Don't worry. Relax. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And we're going to get through this because what we're about to talk about today, as I said in the beginning, it's complicated. But it doesn't have to be. And I'm going to show you from the Bible on how we're going to address this. All right? So right in the first few chapters in the Bible, God talks about sexuality. And we're going to study what he says about it. But then we're also going to study five lies of the devil. Now in Genesis 3, go with me in your Bibles, take out your Bibles and your markers and your pens. And Genesis 3 verse 1 to 7, the Bible says this. Now the serpent which was the devil made into a serpent, was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, here's the first lie, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees and in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Now listen to line number two. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. 
Line number three, for God knows, and I will show you that people think that when God sometimes protects us from things, that God is taking away our rights, the things that we're supposed to do. So look what it says here in the scripture. It says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Sometimes God does not want you to see or experience the things of the world, which is bad for you. And then you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for the food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and yes, lion number four, they realized they were naked. You see, they were ashamed. And so they sued, sued fig leaves together. And number five, line number five, they made coverings for themselves. They covered their sin because they became aware of their sin. And I know, family, tonight, as I'm speaking to you, there are people that are in a place of shame and hiding. Some of you are shameful about the things that's happened to you and you're in a place of hiding. You're hiding away from the Lord. And some might feel the shame, but I want you to hear the voice of God calling you back out of hiding. Now in the next couple of verses in, in Genesis here, in Genesis 3, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the Bible. But it is interesting, they, they hid away, the minute they became aware of their sin, they hid away and they ran away from God. But he was calling after them, calling them back. Where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? Where are you? Now listen to this family. God is not running away from you. God is pursuing you. Where are you? Come back. Do not stay in your shame and do not try and cover it up. Amen. Now, when, when I, when I'm reading this, uh, uh, verse 10 here in Genesis 3 about the nakedness, you know, and I know this is a serious message. And so let me just now put a joke in here. I'm going to just put a joke in here. Just soften the mood a little bit because once again, I can see most of you are getting so tense right now. You're not sure, should I switch off the television? I'm not sure, should I go make coffee? I'm not, but let me just put a joke in here quickly. And, and referring to verse 10 of Genesis 3. Um, uh, the story goes that a pastor was visiting the people that uh, visited the church on the Sunday. And so he went up to the first home and he knocked on the door and there was no one there. And uh, he decided, well, I'm going to just leave them my business card. And at the back of the, of the card, he wrote the scripture in Revelations 3 verse 20, which talks about, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you would open, I would come in and I would sup with you. And, uh, and he wrote it on there and he stuck it sort of like in the groove of the door there. So when they opened it, they would see it. And so the next Sunday came around and he couldn't but ho- uh, notice when he received the offering, here was his card in the offering plate. Uh, and it had a new verse on it. And it says there, Genesis 3 verse 10. I heard you when I was in the garden and I was naked and I was afraid. (laughs) Amen, family. So we are sometimes shameful 
of the things that we are going through or, or that we've done, and then we hide away. But God is pursuing you. God is not going to let you go. Where are you? Because he wants to restore you. Amen. So let's look at these five lies in this portion of scripture here in Genesis 3, and these steps are progressive. So they start at the first one, then it leads to the next one, and then to number three, and then to number four, and then ultimately in number five. And you'll see what becomes attractive in the beginning is the very same thing that the devil uses against us. So I'm going to talk about five lies. They work in steps, and they feed one another. All right? So also what I will do is at the end of this, I will tell you the way out. So we're going to talk about the five lies, make you aware of them, but then I'm going to give you a way out of this. So step number one or lie number one, the devil gets us to question God's word. And he says things like what goes through our mind, God's word is not totally true. And try to just put a spin on it where it's, it's not the ultimate truth. It's just a good story. It's just a good narrative. And you don't have to really believe it. And God won't do anything uh, to you. Did God really say that in his word? So when we are in shame, we do not want to believe God's word. And that's, it's so convenient when somebody says, did God really say and many things in the, in the Bible challenge us. It challenges me. There's many things that challenges me. But it helps me to, you see, family, that, that, that if God's word is here and I'm here, when, when the word challenges me, it helps me to bring me higher, okay, so that I can live according to the word of God. But if the word of God is here and I'm here and I'm not going to meet God up there or I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to meet or go higher in the word, but I'm going to rather go lower than when I lower myself and I don't want to come up to God's standard, I buy into the lies of the devil. God's word is truth and is true and every man a liar. That's what the word says. So, in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, to, to illustrate this point even more, it says, We also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, so very important, you've got to receive the word, all right, and you accepted it, number two, not as the word of men, but actually as it is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. You see, we've got to receive the word and we've got to let the word work inside of us. So his prescription for step number one is, the, his prescription is the word. It works when you accept it and when you believe it. Timothy Keller said this, he says, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idolized version of yourself. Amen. Step number two, we becoming progressive and we're talking about Genesis 3 and from uh, and, and, uh, 1 through to 7 in these seven scriptures here. Step two or line number two, the devil scoffs at the negative consequences of sin. That choice won't hurt anything or anybody. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. No one will know. Sorry. No one will know. And, and it's not hurting anybody. It's going to be fine. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 verse 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You see, do not buy into the lie. 
God created sex, and there is a right way to apply it. You see, family, uh, when, 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 when this happened, God created it. Not man, God created it. So when God did not see Adam and Eve then and said, oh, oh my God, what you, I mean, oh my, I, oh, oh me, oh me, what are you guys doing? No, this didn't take him by surprise, amen. God was the creator of sex. I can see some of you, you need a deep breath. So just breathe in and relax, okay? Everything is going to be fine. Let me illustrate it this way. You see, I love fire. I mean, there's nothing like a good fire when you're out in the, in the bush felt or you're out camping or you're somewhere where you're just away from home. Even just at home when you, when a fire just creates an atmosphere. So I love a good fire. But if we were to just make a fire, add a couple of logs here and put some blitz down here and light it very quickly as that fire sets a light, it's going to consume the carpet and then it's going to be out of control. So it's a wrong way of how to make a fire. So there is a right way, and the right way is to make a fire in a fireplace where it is contained. It's still dangerous, and, and children can't just touch it because it could be hot, and they could burn themselves, and they could get injured. And so therefore, as a father, as a parent, I have to give instructions on how it must be enjoyed or how it must be uh, engaged with. So they can see it, it's contained, and here are the instructions. If it gets out of that environment, out of that fireplace, it will create destruction. You see, family, in the same way, passions needs parameters. Like the fire, passion needs parameters. Step number three, or line number three, it gets progressively worse as we go down this road. The devil accuses God of evil intent. And would say things like, and it comes up in your mind, and people would say that to you, righteousness is boring. I mean, you born-again Christians, you guys are not fun. There's nothing fun about you. Sin is fun. Look, we're just living our life. We're drinking up a little bit, yes, and we're having a couple of partners. And, you know, it's just Woodstock all over again. Don't worry about it. You get, there's nothing fun about being a Christian. Righteousness is not fun. But you see, family, sin is fun for a season. It's quick gratification that turns bad quickly. And if you follow God's way, it is fun. It is great fun. Look what it says here in Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Not part of joy, but fullness of joy. In other words, we could even do it better than Woodstock. We can do it better than everybody else that's saying that sin is fun. Fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, some people say God is mean and wants us, does not want us to have fun. You know, family, you might say, yes, uh, uh, you know, if, if you do, if you do sex God's way, it's going to be the best. Amen. No drug can emulate it. No drug can reproduce it. It's God's way because there's fullness of joy. You see, but then why 
is are people saying that 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 I cannot that sin or fun uh, or sin is is not fun and and righteousness is boring. You see, and and God is trying to control my life, and this is this is not great. It feels like I'm doing things wrong all the time. But but look at it from this point of view. The most loving thing God does is to call us out of our sin. Like with Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam, Eve, where are you? In their shame, they try to cover it up. And that's what happens with us. In our shame, we try and cover up because we did it not the way God wants us to do. But God is calling us, calling us out. Hey, this is the right way. That is not the right way. If you do it God's way, it's fun and it's great in marriage. Step number four, line number four. The devil advertises sin as beneficial. Your life will be better with you leading it. <laughs> Haven't you heard that? I mean, hey, you don't need anybody to tell you what to do. You just do what you want to do. You decide what you're going to do. I know best. Because people say, man, I can trust my feelings. People say, feelings can be trusted. And it feels good when I'm doing this. Pastor Johnny, I know sleeping perhaps with other women, but, but it feels so good. And, I, and I'm trusting my feelings on this matter. Remember, folks, okay, once again, I can see some of you are getting a little bit on edge there. PG-13, so just relax. Everything's going to be fine. But family, we do not follow our feelings. You see, if I follow my feelings, I would not be a pastor right now. We do not follow our feelings. We follow our faith and our convictions. Feelings will continuously lie to you. So therefore, do not act on them. And when you're mad with your spouse and you want to divorce them, you should not act on those feelings. When your children is making you angry and mad, you feel you want to send them away, you should not do that. You should not act on your feelings. We think that feelings are true and right, and in fact, they are, they are not true and they are not right. You see, choice leads, feelings will follow. Let me give you an example. When Pastor Simone and I were married, and when she walked down the aisle, man, did I say, woo, tonight, tonight, tonight. Yes, PG-13, I've got it, okay. I said, tonight, yes, man, I, I couldn't wait. And a couple of days later, I was saying to myself, hey, woman, what are you doing? Are you crazy or something? Why would you do that? I'm so, I'm so glad. Praise God. I made a choice to love her, to marry her, and not a feeling. You see, feeling comes with lust. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You see, so therefore, you are not your own. You were bought at a price, and therefore honor God with your bodies. You see, family, my daughter, Tiffany, is 23 years old. She just turned 23 now in May. Her marriage has been postponed because of the lockdown. But she made a decision from a young age that she will remain a virgin and prepare herself for her marriage day. And many people might say out there, and I, hey, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not judging anybody. They might say, whew, that is hard, man. That is hard. It's a sacrifice to do that. You, do you realize the peer pressure? 
I'm under Pastor Johnny to fit in, to feel good about myself and, and, to, and to be part of the gang. Wasn't that a big sacrifice for her to do? Giving up something now for something better later is not a sacrifice. You see, you're investing into your future. It's not a sacrifice. It's an investment. Amen? Step number five, line number five, and here's where it really gets to a point where the very thing that the devil lured you with, he's now using against you to shame you and to destroy you. I need you to listen carefully to this. You see, the devil will tell you, at this point in time, it's too late. You need to run and hide, man. Maybe you're sitting and watching this and you say, Pastor Johnny, I've done so many bad things. I've destroyed the relationships and people. I'm a goner. I'm a goner. I'm a goner. You see, the devil wants to use this to destroy you. Destroy future relationships. So where's the fun now? Some of you are feeling shame right now. You're thinking that God is disgusted with me. I mean, in Nohal, in God's holy house. You're thinking he's most probably going to say, get your act together. Come on, get out here. But I want you to remember. He's actually going after you, looking for you because he loves you. And that is what God is doing right now. Whatever the devil has told you, it is a lie. It is not too late. You just need help. You need help from him. In Psalm 34 verse 5, the Bible says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Though shadow of shame will darken their faces. Let's just look at that scripture again. I'm just so... Those who look to Him for help. And you perhaps sitting there today, you say, I need help. And God says, there will be no shadow of shame to darken your face. Here is the word of the living God. That how He is responding today to you. There are no degrees of fallenness there are not some of you that have done more fallenness or you've fallen further than the, the next person. And so if you say, well, I haven't gone that far, so I'm still okay. You think yours, uh, or you, 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 yours is worse than mine. There are no degrees of fallenness. We must not stigmatize people. If you need help, be honest. Just join a group. Discover freedom. And let me ask you this. When you do join this group's family, and when someone is in a group and they're sharing their fallenness, don't go, ooh! <laughs> Rather say, or be real and say, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Thank you for showing me your, your nicks and scrapes. And I'm going to show you mine too. You see, family, the world are accepting of the fallenness. 
They say, come on, come on over here. We'll accept you. The church needs to be the safest place. I'm not saying acceptance of you is approval of your behavior. Acceptance is not approval, but we're going to help you. We're going to bestow beauty instead of ashes. And there are three possible ways, different ways that you can respond to this message today. I'm asking you to choose one of these three, but I'm going to make a suggestion. Number one, you might be defensive today. Some of you will do this. And I respectfully say this to you, that that is the spirit of the devil. And you will be back watching a program like this and saying, I messed up. Why did I resist? Why was I so defensive? I suggest take on the spirit of Jesus this evening. The Bible says in Luke 22 and verse 42, not my will, but yours be done. Don't be defensive. Just give it up to him. Maybe secondly, you are watching today and you've got remorse. You might say, Pastor John, it's 10 years too late. I'm too far in. Too late, I'm used goods. The devil is telling me every day I'm no good. But the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1 and 2, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So join a freedom group. Join someone with whom you have a relationship in the church. Contact our leaders. Contact our group leaders. Contact the pastors. In a freedom group, when you join us, they are powerful, man. Layer by layer, we'll peel off your yesterdays and we'll make it better. Or perhaps you hear, you choose the third option and I want to really say that you should have remorse and then you should have repentance, number three. You see, repentance is not the guy that's shouting and screaming and spitting into a mic on the corner of the street. It's your choice. Repentance is to stop what I'm doing, turn around and walk away from it. Your choice. Now make a decision today. The Bible says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. If you don't repent, it gets complicated and it leads to death of relationships, friendships, marriages, and you're always struggling. It's difficult, Pastor Johnny. I feel so ashamed. Repentance is a moment of pain. But being unrepentant is a lifetime of pain. I'm going to pray for you. There where you are tonight. It's time to, to get out of the five lies of the devil. And so let me pray with you. If, if you're choosing, I've got remorse and I want to repent. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for each and every person in their heart. You know who they are. They know who they are. 
I thank you, Lord, that they would just get honest with you, that they would repent, they would, that they would heal to you, God. Give them courage and strength to do that. And Father, then take them, call them back, come back, come back. There is no shame. There's no need to cover. Give them that courage and that strength. I pray in Jesus' name. Now this time, my friend, I want to extend an invitation to you. You've heard the five lies of the devil. You've heard me say that if you're going to go down that route, you're going to fall into a trap and you will destroy every relationship and marriage and friendship. But you can decide today either to be unrepentant or you can be remorseful and you can repent. But it's important that you also have assurance of your salvation in your heart. You must know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, I must believe in my heart, confess it with my mouth. If today, friend, come on, this is, this is your next step. If you want to make right, say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come as I am, full of shame and guilt, hiding from you. But this day, Lord, thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. Take my sin, take my pain, take my shame and go to hell in my place. He was punished for me so I can be free. And Jesus, I confess you now as my Lord and my Savior. And your word says, if I do that, I am your child. I receive it right now. Father, I pray it in Jesus' name. Now, come on, if you believe that, come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Amen. Congratulations. We are so happy that you did this. Now, I want you to do a couple of things. If you, if you, if you got saved tonight, if you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to text me on 4991. Text, I'm saved, with your name, with a contact number, whatever it might be, and we're going to follow up with you. Hey, I want to also say this to you, family and friends. If this message tonight ministered to your heart and you need freedom, you want to get involved in a, in a, in a, in a relationship where people can help you, we want to help you here at the church. And if you say to me, Pastor Johnny, I need to be healed of this, then won't you text us healed Healed in the in, in into four triple nine one. Put the word healed in there, and if you put the word healed in there for this service, I will know that you are saying to me, "I want to be healed. Can you help me? I want to help you." We've got people standing ready to help you. We're going to fix your brokenness. Remember, he's calling you back. He's calling you back. If you receive that. Come on, once again, let's just give the Lord a mighty shout of praise, family. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us this evening. I trust that the Word inspired you. I thank you that it's going to change your life in Jesus' name. God bless you, and we'll see you next weekend. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.